2: 2020. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to The Reaction here on the ChairShot Radio Network. I'm your host. My name is Harry Broadhurst. Joining me, as per usual, the down since day one co-host, Tony Acero. What up, motherfucker? Um, all right, so on a scale of one to ten, Tony, how much easier has Raw been during this for you to do with just having to recap,
1: like, two real matches a show? easier. I mean, I guess that's one word to use. It it, takes zero effort to do. It doesn't make the quality of the product any better.
2: Okay. Um, To rephrase that, how much simpler is it for you now that you can cut and paste work from Kevin?
1: Well, like I said, I'd much rather be able to do it than call it easy or simple. I like what I do.
2: (laughs) Weren't you just thinking about quitting a couple of months ago?
1: No, that's never been an actuality. Only if I've been forced to or couldn't. I mean, the door's always open for someone to try and do what I do, but it's unlikely. Ain't nobody going to fill your shoes. I dare someone to try.
2: One quick note here. This is a personal aside and has absolutely nothing to do with the world of professional wrestling. Rest in peace, Joe Diffie. As a boy in the Midwest, I grew up a country music fan, specifically uh, 90s country music. I eventually got out of country music and I started listening to rock, and that's pretty much exclusively what I listen to now. But Joe Diffie was one of those guys who I actually did listen to quite a bit back when I was in my country music phase. And hopefully someone can find a jukebox to prop him up next to so he can live out the request in his one of his hit songs. I'd ask you your thoughts on Joe Diffie, Tony, but something tells me that outside of hearing the name before, you have no idea who that is.
1: I just read a tweet that said he had a 10-inch dick, so that's pretty cool. Joe
2: Diffie, amateur porn star, apparently.
1: Well, I guess some lady that, like, had slept with him put out a tweet, you know, a little rest in peace, you know, blah, 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 and commented that he uh, was very lengthy in the general region of one's penis. So I thought that was funny. Outside of that, no. The groinial region? Yeah.
2: Any big updates out there for you? How are things in California now that the mandate's being pushed back all the way to April 30th? Any changes for you? How's how are your employees holding up out there?
1: My day-to-day is pretty much the same, um trying to keep a restaurant afloat uh while, you know, just keeping people informed that work underneath me. So, not not anything significant as far as changes go other than a kind of a a wash of depression for some of them, you know, just not knowing that you're job's not going to be there and just a break from the norm that people were not welcoming. Um, But, you know, they're, they're all younger. So I try to try to tell them, just take it day by day, listen to, you know, I mean, literally just stay in the fucking house. I mean, (laughs) this is something that people have wanted for years. I don't know why it's so difficult to, to, to comprehend. Just don't leave. You get a rare opportunity to stay home where, Although bills do exist, there's a lot of help out there that is, like, basically allowing you to essentially chill, find yourself, create something, you know, really learn who you are, spend time with your family that you may consider yourself stuck with. Have you continued working on the short story that we discussed last week? Somewhat. You know, the way that I write is very sporadic. Um, I will and write for an hour and produce like 30 pages or I'll sit and write for five hours and produce 10 pages really just matters on the story itself and how much it wants to be told. So yeah, I've worked a little bit on it. I am interested to see what happens to the barber. Oh, am I? I'm invested.
2: I'm invested. Damn you. Okay. For those of you listening to actually hear us talk wrestling, my apologies. But not really, because you should know this is how we roll around here by now. And you realize it's time for our fourth annual WrestleMania preview show? It's time for our fourth annual WrestleMania preview show.
1: God damn, fourth?
2: Jesus. Well we're coming up on year six of the show, but remember we started after uh we started after WrestleMania that first year. I think our very first show was the night after WrestleMania. Yeah, I think so. So, yeah, we're coming up on year six here, but this will be our fourth WrestleMania preview episode, and we have, I think, 16 matches to get to. But before we do that, let's take a quick look back at the last five hours of WWE television, SmackDown on Friday, and tonight's episode of Raw. Um, Favorite match or moment from either of the two shows?
1: Nah, I don't want to do that. Um, I didn't watch SmackDown. I wasn't even able to catch AEW. I watched the first 15 minutes of it. So I'm pretty bummed out, actually. I really wanted to make sure I had everything. But, you know, I had to change some things at well, the restaurant. So.
2: This AEW was different from the first one. They didn't have the same setup with the wrestlers out in the audience
1: this time. Yeah, but I did still see a, an attempt to create, you know, an atmosphere. They're in the locker room or that picture-in-picture. You got different people on commentary. I still thought Valiant Effort.
2: I'm experiencing a lot more Tom Phillips than I'm probably comfortable with these last couple of weeks. I miss (laughs) Morrow.
1: I like Morrow better in small doses, so I don't really miss him.
2: Well, you suck, Tony. (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually stalling so I can get the Wikipedia page pulled up to have the card in front of me one of the reasons I was asking you about Raw and SmackDown here, are you surprised that we've seen as many classic matches as we have? Do you think that they should have taped more in terms of fresh content, or do you think that showing some of these classics, air quotes on an audio podcast, uh, showing some of these classic matches is beneficial to the fan that maybe doesn't shell out for the WWE Network on a monthly basis or only shells out for certain shows and may have not seen something like the Rey Mysterio Brock Lesnar match that we had tonight on Raw.
1: No, the only people that are watching tonight are the people that have the network. The diehard wrestling fans that want to see what's going on. You've seen the ratings. You've seen how few people are watching. This isn't for the casual fans. So to me, it just streams laziness.
2: Very well. 16 matches, Tony. Do you want to do Raw or SmackDown first? It doesn't matter. Just pick one. (laughs) Thank you. And interestingly enough, for SmackDown, the very first match listed is actually the one from SmackDown I'm probably the most invested in. I can't believe I'm saying these words. Otis versus Dolph Ziggler. Well... I'm actually a little disappointed with where they went with this match, Tony, because the original plan that I had heard for this was to have Mandy as the special guest referee, which I think would have kind of added more intrigue to it rather than just having Mandy in Dolph Ziggler's corner. What are your thoughts here? Who are you picking?
1: I mean, it's weird because if there were a crowd, Otis would be the for-sure choice. It's that feel-good moment at WrestleMania that makes everybody smile. And you might even get a little lip lock from Mandy just to seal the deal. But because nobody's there, Dolph may get his win. And I believe his first singles match at WrestleMania maybe second. So um, I'm going to go ahead and say Dolph, uh, mainly because it doesn't matter whether he wins or (laughs) loses.
2: So what you're telling me is you're so over Ziggler that you don't really care about this match one way or the other. I've been over Ziggler for years. Long-time listeners of the show can go back and fact-check that for damn sure. Um, I think after having the WrestleMania that we had last year with as many feel-good moments, as they say, Kofi Kingston getting his victory, Becky Lynch winning the women's winner-take-all main event that they showed at the start of Raw tonight, Seth Rollins pinning Brock Lesnar dead center of the ring with a series of curb stomps, I think that this is going to be a more heel-heavy WrestleMania than last year's was, and especially given the fact that there's nobody to react to this. And a lot of this stuff, they might want to consider pushing forward through back to when they can start having interactions with fan bases to respond to the product in order to determine where to go from here. So I'm actually in agreement with you here. I think Ziggler picks up the win here, although I wouldn't be surprised to see Otis get a consolation prize and end up with Mandy Mandy anyways. Maybe Ziggler continues the attack after the match and Mandy finally has enough of Ziggler's bullshit.
1: Man, I'll lose the match for Mandy. (laughs) Don't tell Sasha. Oh,
2: Sasha. Waiting for the Tommy Dreamer comment here.
1: Not going to do it. (laughs) (laughs) We stay on SmackDown with
2: the Intercontinental title as Sami Zayn defends against Daniel Bryan. Match made official last week on SmackDown when Drew Gulak pinned Shinsuke Nakamura. Now, the way that I had originally understood this, it was supposed to become a triple threat with Gulak involved in the match as well, which would have made that a lot more interesting because we talked about this on the show Gulak possibly stealing the pin on Brian and becoming the intercontinental champion as a straight up singles match. Does it still interest you and who are you taking?
1: Again, the, the, the entire dynamic changes because of what's going on. Um, whereas, I mean, I don't really know what their plans are. We, we look at, I think everyone's just looking at WrestleMania as the end point, but what happens after, you know, we're not done with this. Like we're not anywhere near being able to have an arena filled show. So what are they planning? Cause I can't take much more of raws full of recaps. So um, in this particular arena, one would assume that they want to prolong these storylines, which would mean the chances of a title change are really unlikely on all fronts. So my assumption is that Daniel Bryan doesn't win, but, If they are continuing stories, we might get yet another fold. Unfortunately, for the first time ever, um, well, not really for the first time ever, but one that they would be selling it as is WrestleMania is not going to be the closure that most people anticipate for this event. I think we're going to get that at SummerSlam, assuming this thing doesn't continue. So you're picking Sami Zayn? I
2: am picking Sami Zayn as well, but for a slightly different reason. I understand your idea about how the continuation here, and we kind of talked about that during the Otis and Dolph Ziggler match. I think this is more of a Sammy reward for being a good soldier situation. The fact that Sammy was on the sideline for as long as he was just being a manager, despite the fact that Sami Zayn's passion has always been inside of the ring as a professional wrestler. I think that the Intercontinental title reign that he's currently enjoying, as well as the reign that'll continue through WrestleMania, in my opinion here, is a reward to Sammy for being a company guy, doing what was asked of him, and sticking to the managerial role, and giving people more and of, more of an investment in Shinsuke Nakamura as well as Cesaro. I'm taking uh Sammy's in here as well. It's gonna be a boring ass show if we agree on every match, Tony. <laughs> we might <laughs> Elias and King Corbin.
1: Oh man. I don't have a I talk about I I don't have a question. A match. I, don't a, I don't even give a shit about this match. <laughs> I was just about to say I don't really
2: have a question for this match, Tony. Just give me a prediction. Yeah. Elias. Same. Elias. I mean I wouldn't be surprised to see Corbin pick up a victory here, but with everything that's happening in the main event picture right now, and we'll get to that in a little bit because that's one of the matches that's on that list for us to get to. Uh, I think Elias makes more sense to get the win, plus with Elias having the uh, the benefit of the guest host for WrestleMania, Gronkowski probably in his quarter will probably make a difference as well. SmackDown tag team titles, but there's a caveat. It is a triple threat ladder match currently. But that is likely not going to stay the same as Miz has been pulled from this match due to running a fever when they did the WrestleMania taping over the limit which WWE was willing to allow him to perform. Therefore, if this match had happened, what would have been your prediction? And what, do you do you have
1: any ideas as to what might happen? I think... I thought the Usos were going to take it, um, you know, I have a nice little return story and this and that. But um, now, I don't know. I think, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't, uh, again, I don't see any, any ounce of creativity being had right now. And a part of me wants to, you know, go easy on them and say, this is the, this is a worldwide pandemic that no one knows how to possibly work around. I don't know. I just, I can't go easy on them in terms strictly of creativity. And um, so I don't, I don't know what they're going to do. I'm not even interested in what they're going to do.
2: I'm disappointed for uh, Miz and Morrison, specifically being the fact that they just had their reunion, and it's been going pretty well. It's been going pretty well. They've been drawing good reactions. They've been very entertaining in their microphone segments, in my opinion. Morrison had been one of the highlights on SmackDown ever since he came back to the main roster, and I think this is a motivated John Morrison, once again, which is a dangerous Morrison, because we've seen what motivated Morrison was capable of in companies like Lucha Underground and Impact Wrestling the talk is that it's going to turn into a three-way singles match with the latter stipulation? Kofi versus um, Morrison versus one of the Usos? I have zero fucking interest in that. Like, that's that's just an opportunity for guys to hurt themselves for no real reason in a match that realistically is not going to do anything for the tag team titles on an already bloated WrestleMania card, even though it is over the course of two nights. My original prediction would have been the dirt sheet retaining.
1: Yeah, I would have predicted the Usos.
2: SmackDown women's title is on the line as Bailey defends in a five-way <clears throat> against Lacey Evans, Sasha Banks, Naomi, and Tamina. Rumor is that might change. There's talk of a sixth participant being added to this match here. I don't know if you've seen the rumors or not, Tony. If you have not, I can inform you so you can make an educated prediction. If you don't want to know, I won't tell you.
1: Yeah, go ahead. Tell me.
2: Nia Jax. She's apparently gotten herself into pretty good shape right now, Tony. Tony.
1: I was never concerned about her shape. That was Rick. But, (laughs) but, but
2: being in better shape should positively affect her her ring work, should it not? I
1: don't know, man. Her and Tamina in the same match.
2: Okay, that's fair. I can't argue that. What do you see happening with the SmackDown Women's Title? Sasha wins. I think Bailey retains, and I think she retains pinning Sasha. How dare you! <laughs> <laughs> I knew that would get a reaction. Here's why. Because the talk is that they wanted to do Sasha versus Bailey one on one here. And what better way to set the tone for that going forward than to have Bailey catch a quick pin on Sasha in order to win the match? Now, I know that pisses off Tony because Tony's like Captain Sasha over there. But you have to think from a storyline perspective, at least it makes sense.
1: Yeah, it would be a nice springboard to a future um, match.
2: Even if it is your girl leading the fall at Mania. Yeah, I'm
1: okay
2: All right, with this. We, we, we continue. John Cena versus The Fiend in what is rumored to be a Firefly Funhouse match. What is a Firefly Funhouse match? Who the fuck knows? The Fiend wins anyway,
1: so it doesn't matter. <clears throat> oh, yeah, I agree with that. Cena's back to lose. Do you think it's going to be
2: one of those matches where, like, they take away, like, pinfalls and submissions, and you can only win by some, like, wacky escape bullshit or something in order to protect Cena from having to eat an actual fall to break
1: here? No, I think that Bray Wyatt's gonna pin John Cena.
2: <clears throat>
1: I hope you're right, but it could
2: change. Like I'm, I'm just. I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking about it since I watched the segment from SmackDown, and my thought process was: is this is probably some bullshit in order to get out of having Cena eat an actual fall. All right, we move on. Smackdown, Smackdown World Heavyweight—I almost called it the Universal. It is the Universal title. Try this again. Smackdown Universal <laughs> Championship Goldberg defends against Roman.
1: Uh,
2: no. Goldberg defends against Braun Strowman. Yeah, fucking huh. who? I could have really given it
1: to Matt Riddle here.
2: (laughs) Should have really given it. Even if Goldberg beat Riddle, Riddle would have been a better choice for this match because I at least care about Matt Riddle. Do you know how many fucks I give about Braun Strowman, Tony? Care to guess? Zero. Correct. Goldberg retains. Yeah, that's a given. and kills the monster mystique of Strowman once and for all.
1: Oh, Braun. How the mighty have fallen.
2: (laughs) Well, look at the bright side here for Braun Strowman, Tony. You ready? After this happens and they finally kill his mystique once and for all, he can find out what it's like to be one of those independent workers trying to live from show booking to show booking once they fire his ass.
1: (laughs) Nah, they won't fire him.
2: On a professional level, I dislike Strowman. I don't care for him in the ring. I think his matches are repetitive. I don't think anything he does looks particularly impressive. On a personal note, fuck him. (laughs) Fuck him. (laughs) You saw the tweet that I'm referring to, correct?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've seen it.
2: So, on that note, as mentioned... Fuck them. All right, let's move on. Because I could sit here and rant for the next 10 minutes about Strowman, and nobody needs that. All right. Women's tag team titles are on the line. As previously mentioned on this show, the Kabuki Warriors defend against Bliss Claros, Applesauce. (laughs) Team name patent pending.
1: Um... I think the Kabuki Warriors are going to keep it. This is a kind of, I mean, I don't even want to say thrown together. It just doesn't have the same oomph that a Mania match should have. And whether it was happily, happening normally or how it is now, I don't see the titles changing.
2: I do. Because I think we're going to get at least one or two title changes on this show. And since I have Bailey retaining the SmackDown Women's title, I might as well have one of them here. The other non-brand-specific match on the main mania card is the NXT Women's Championship as Rhea Ripley defends against Charlotte Flair. They're not going to, are they, Tony? They can't be that dumb, are Mm -hmm. they, Mm Tony? They can't be that that dumb, right? Please
1: tell me they can't be that dumb. They might be. Please I wouldn't don't let them assume. be that dumb. Yeah, I wouldn't assume that Charlotte would want to go to NXT on a weekly basis. Um but if she did, she would just be fine Rhea again. So anybody getting the bump or the the push wouldn't be anyone new. Uh, also I don't know, I just don't see that as her her game plan. So I'm assuming that they're going to allow um to win and become a main roster, you know, forced to be reckoned with. Is it stupid to say that I could see a no contest
2: in this match? Like them brawling to a double disqualification or something?
1: No, it's not stupid.
2: Because you keep the you keep the women's title on you keep the NXT women's title on Bria, you keep Charlotte over on Raw. Yeah, you kinda of fuck out you've kinda of fuck over the fans in the process there, but let's be honest, how many of them really wanna see Charlotte on NXT again on a consistent basis anyway? Not to mention I mean, he can't stay healthy apparently now, but with her boyfriend, fiance, whatever the hell he is at this point, over on Monday Night Raw, it's not like Charlotte's gonna to want to work Wednesdays anyway. I think Rhea retains. I'm going to officially go with Rhea, but a no contest, no decision, some kind of bullshit finish like that would not surprise me at all.
1: Yeah, I mean, if done correctly, a Charlotte win wouldn't be all that bad. It would give some clout to NXT. Not to say that they don't have any, but that title, it's basically saying this title's important, important enough for Charlotte to want it. And now that she has it, let's go newcomers. And it'd be a nice little rub and a nice little story for someone, maybe two people. But this goes back to me just not having any trust in their ability to tell even the most simplest of stories.
2: The match that I was most looking forward to until everything went to hell in a handbasket. Last man standing, Edge versus Randy Orton. I'm going to be that guy here. I'm picking Orton. Because I think you have a bigger story to tell down the road with an Orton victory here than you do with an Edge victory. I think the story to tell is Edge looking for redemption against Orton coming out of WrestleMania rather than Edge looking to just get this win and move on. Plus, I think mm. having the match in front of actual people where Edge gets his victory back
1: makes more sense as well. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I don't know. This whole thing just messes everything up in terms of predictions because this is an easy win for Edge, you know? But you're not incorrect in assuming that this can continue onward, and the only one of the only ways to do that is to have Orton win. Um Still, I'm going to go with uh, um, Edge winning. In a match
2: that was recently added, and nobody cared, Aleister Black takes on Bobby Lashley. I feel bad for Aleister, because I actually feel like they were going to do something special with him this year at Mania. And then everything happened, and he gets relegated to being an afterthought in a match with Lashley, who was – Creative has more or less given up on.
1: All right. I'll stop it or not that it there.
2: really matters. <laughs> yeah. Raw tag team titles are on the line. The Street Profits defend against Angel Garza and Andra ah, ah, Austin Theory. Man, she really has a thing for people whose name starts with A, doesn't she? I mean, I guess. Andrade, Austin, Angel, Anthony. Allister. Yeah, I <clears> get <throat> it.
1: Yep, you're right.
2: Street profits retained now. No, no doubt in my mind. Austin Theory's <clears throat> there to eat a pinfall. <coughs>
1: yeah. yeah.
2: Montez for- Ooh, Montez Ooh, Ford's we. attempt at the tope Cone kilo? Yeah, that oh, was not geez. bright, son.
1: <laughs>
2: man, I hope one of the doctors they have at that building for these tapings is a chiropractor. Fuck
1: that, bro. The smack. Like, I mean, I know it's an empty, you know, spot, so it's probably louder than necessary, but man. That's like when your friend tries to flip in the pool and doesn't make it all the way, and you just hear that fat-ass flop. You mean like a back whopper? Oh, yeah.
2: hmm Back whoppers are worse than belly flops, too, because back, your back has more nerves in it than your stomach does. I guarantee you Montez was feeling that after that match. another match that had the potential to be really good because the promo work has been excellent between these two Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins Owens raises a very valuable a very valuable point on his promo tonight on Raw Owens does not really have that definitive WrestleMania moment in his in his cache in his arsenal in his history I'm not really saying that this is a definitive moment given the current circumstances but it is A moment, at least, and I think Kevin Owens picks up the victory here.
1: Yeah, Owens is going to win. Um, Seth can lose, and it'll be fine, and um, I don't think anybody will be bothered. In fact, a lot of people will be happy about it. Um, Yeah, the promo work has been good on both sides. I like that they brought the... You know, it's not hard to make this story. There's probably some truth in it all, from Seth being annoying to... You have these um, documentaries on the network that people have watched, you know, SCW and and all that. So, uh, OVWC, you see, you could see, I mean, the casual fan could see that some people have gone through particular lengths to be with the WWE. One Google of Kevin Owens, you'll see just how much blood he poured out to get there. So, I like that they kind of brought that into the forefront, especially considering that the WWE is such a different place now than any indie, um, you know, federation ever um so it's 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 nice to bring that to light uh and it's just different enough than the other storylines that are supposed to be real quote-unquote so i enjoyed it i felt like uh i feel like if this was regular times then they would probably show a little bit more of the indie stuff between these two guys and i think that that would have been an amazing route um, to show some pwg footage or to show some roh stuff and just show that these guys have both gone through the ringer for a particular reason and now they're here and one made it to the top and the other one is somewhat floundering. And, you know, that's the basis. I would have loved to have seen that. And I hope that they continue to go that route. I think there's a lot of story to be told there, especially considering we've heard something similar to it before. Um, These are the stories you latch onto. They, you know, showing a young Tyler Blackmail, young Kevin Steen coming up through the ranks, you find this connection. That is, I mean, unparalleled, especially considering how you skew the view of these two rises to the ranks. So, I don't know. I I think I'm more interested in this than um, originally, uh, than it was originally being portrayed at with Seth and his disciples. It's gone from that and from him being, you know, Jesus to an indie God facing the indie everyman of Kevin Steen, and I I don't know. I really like it. I, I hope that they get a bigger platform to tell that story.
2: This is definitely their biggest singles match today, but they're not unfamiliar with each other as well, which I think adds to the intrigue for this match for me because theoretically they should have a really good match even with the current climate they're in. I do think that it would be better with people there, obviously. Motivation's key when you're a professional wrestler, as we've seen over the course of these last couple of weeks, becoming difficult to watch in certain cases. But I think that these guys are professional and talented enough to be able to make something watchable out of the circumstances, even if it's not going to be as good as it possibly could have been had chips fallen in the correct way this year for WrestleMania. You know that's mm-hmm. going to be kind of the uh, that's going to be kind of the recurring theme of this discussion for us when we look back on WrestleMania 36, Tony. It's going to be a case of what could have been with this co- with this card, if we'd have been able to put on an actual sports entertainment extravaganza, uh, air quotes on an audio podcast. But if we were to be able to put this on as a presentation, like we traditionally know WrestleMania to be, looking at the card that we have in front of us, more or less, I'm. Obvious exceptions. But looking at the cards that we more or less have in front of us, this could have been an all-time WrestleMania.
1: Kind of hard. And I know there's going to be a lot of people that compare or that try to say what if or anything. But it's really hard to do that, mainly because I don't know that there would be that much effort in the promos that have been being cut had there been a regular Raw. So it's, it's really, really interesting to see. The promos that we've seen over the past three weeks have been very, very stellar, very different, very close to the face. Slow, a little bit more methodical, a little bit more pausing, a little more um, thought-provoking, you know, words, a lot more intensity on all fronts. And although I can't predict whether they would or wouldn't have, one could assume that they wouldn't nearly be as impactful had they been on a regular version of RAW. So I won't, you won't find me next Monday saying how WrestleMania could have been, or mainly because I don't. I don't want to, I mean, I don't do that in general, but also the fact that we possibly would not have gotten the same promos that we've gotten over the past couple of weeks on regular editions of Raw. So because of that, and that's something that I thought of last week and and tonight too, um, do you think we would have gotten Biker Taker tonight? I don't know. I'm not saying we would or wouldn't have, but this particular iteration of The Undertaker, do you think that would have been, you know, the norm if it was a regular Raw? Some could argue yes. Some could argue that that was the plan the entire time, especially considering AJ calling out Michelle McCool. But I would venture to say that it would, uh, an example would be you didn't have to have the smoke and mirrors tonight. And The Undertaker was still impactful. Some could argue even more impactful. Whereas Raw, you almost want to have that entrance. You almost want to have the big ass gong and him walking slowly down. So It's an interesting dynamic, the ability to cut amazing promos because you don't have a lot to go off of versus a raw crowd of thousands of people and, you know, the production value behind you. So I don't know. I don't I won't be able to, but it is something that would be uh, that at the very least is interesting to observe.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. I think that there's I think there's a sense of what could have been here, but at the same time, it's not going to be something that we can actually debate with any kind of clarity due to the circumstances not allowing it to happen. You could put on this exact same card, say, a year from now, and circumstances will be completely different from where they are right now. So it's not like you can go back and do the same thing over based on what you lost due to the situation we find ourselves in. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Speaking of The Undertaker and his throwback to 2000 and, well, 2000. <clears throat> Taker and AJ Styles in a Boneyard match. Did you get kind of the vibes of Buried Alive from the promo that Taker cut tonight?
1: Well, I want to know why they wouldn't be able to say Buried Alive. Is that not PG? But aside from that, um, I don't expect a graphic explaining the rules and dramatic detail of what a boneyard match is. But when you throw something out like that, immediately my response is, well, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> like, like what am, How am I supposed to be interested in this? What does this mean? Does it mean you're going to have skeletons hanging around everywhere? Are you going to be able to beat people with, with skulls? Like, what does a boneyard match mean? I don't know. Are you going to be fighting with you know replicas of Stacey Keebler? I don't know what that means. And it kind of just bugs me. No, I'm pretty sure that's a I want to bone yard match with Stacy. That's for damn sure, man. She's hot. Oh,
2: shit, what? Who was it specifically? There was one specific thing that you just mentioned that I wanted to to touch on, and now I'm having a hard time remembering it here. Um, did you hear Taker's comment about bringing his boys as well?
1: Mm-hmm. Do you have any idea who that might be? Oh, no, I I thought he said to AJ, bring your boys. I don't think he's bringing anyone.
2: Taker specifically said that that AJ could bring Gallows and Anderson and Taker would bring his boys.
1: I don't know, man. I'd have to rewatch that. I think Kane's
2: going to show up, man. I'm calling it now. (sighs) Kane shows up. Does... Does a win over Undertaker at this point in his career mean as much for AJ Styles as a win over Taker would have meant made in uh, previous years? And do you think they're crazy <laughs> enough in this in this format to give AJ that win over Taker here? You never gave me an official prediction.
1: Um, the Undertaker is going to win, and no, I don't think that winning over Taker now means nearly as much as it did, you know, years ago. Well, I'm going to find out because I'm picking AJ.
2: I think AJ's going to be needed higher up in the scene on Monday Night Raw. Going forward, they're going to be relying on AJ more. And I think that this is the kind of win that AJ can kind of toot his own horn about going back into the main event picture over on Monday nights in order to get him ready for what I think happens in our next contest okay actually it's our last contest there's still a women's title match before that but still what would you put the percentage odds of AJ winning at for Wrestlemania and don't give me that bullshit 50-50 answer (sighs)
1: 49-51 (laughs) <laughs> no, because when because you, when you're in a match with AJ, you're given chances. <laughs> the odds are low that he'll win, in my opinion. I think that this is Taker's match to win and it has been.
2: I don't I don't think so. I think that AJ needs this more than Taker does since Taker's just gonna fucking disappear again anyway.
1: Yeah, but, but they don't we'll care see about what that. Happens. They've never cared about that. We'll see what happens come
2: uh, come Friday, or Saturday, maybe Sunday. I don't know what day this is. This two-night WrestleMania is going to fuck with me. They did announce that Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins was on Saturday night, though, so we know that much. Mm-hmm. The rumored main event for the Saturday night show is the Raw women's title match between Becky Lynch and Shayna Baszler. I don't buy that, but that's the rumor.
1: Tony. Yeah, um I, you know, I want to love this match. I want to love everything that's going on, but they're so up and down with uh Becky and what they want to do with her that it just comes off as completely annoying um she's back to her slightly douchey i have a truck person because they got to get as much use of use of it as they can since they spent the money on it um and it just doesn't really doesn't really do anything for me also her uh sneak attack last week was just not fitting of any character willing to fight and claw whatever she wants to be um tonight was a little different but i don't know it just doesn't scream you know you need to watch me and that's a shame because I really do like Becky I'm not like a majority of the online comments who say that she's gotten stale or she's not nearly as impactful as she used to be I think it's still there I just think it's their fault for not being 100% sure what they want her character to be I will say this much
2: I found myself bored by the replay of that women's title match from
1: WrestleMania last year. It's just funny that she went out there, cut a promo and then seemingly watched the entire match along with us (laughs) and then finished.
2: I mentioned that on the chair shot. I think I would be more interested in like them actually doing commentary live while they're watching the matches. Like say, Put Phillips in there with Becky to do commentary on this match. Have Get Becky's thoughts why she did what she did when she did it during the course of the match. Give us a look inside of the mind of the wrestler. I think that that would make these replays a lot more tolerable to me because we would at least be getting something resembling new content out of them, kind
1: of like a director's cut. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, depending on who it was, I'd, I'd be cool with that. <clears throat> do you have an official prediction for this match? Oh, um, shit. I don't know. Um, Let's go with Becky. We are in disagreement
2: yet again. I think they pull the trigger on Shayna here, and you build towards Becky getting it back at SummerSlam when you can have a crowd to watch her do so. The... The leading candidate for this match got fucked by this whole situation. The WWE Championship is on the line when Brock Lesnar defends against Drew McIntyre. I know you said that you think that this is going to be a holdover, that you think that they're just going to wait, and that they're going to delay the inevitables on some of these storylines. I don't think you can do that here. I think that you run the risk of almost strowmaning McIntyre if he loses this match because it's his first opportunity to get a major championship opportunity, get a major championship match in the WWE here and I think if you have him lose it the same way you did with Strowman and to a lesser extent the same way you did with Samoa Joe a couple of years back as well then you hurt McIntyre's credibility long term as a main eventer here I think Drew picks up the win
1: Oh yeah, this is for sure Drew's Drew's match to win. Um, Losing just doesn't make much sense. And this is one of those rare occasions where you kind of have to do it now. Not to say that he couldn't survive. It's just everything has been building up to this moment. And this moment is the one that you capitalize on. And even in an empty arena, he deserves it, you know? I mean, he deserves way more than this, to be honest with you. But the world was not um, willing to let that happen. (laughs)
2: Whoever said one person can't change the world never ate a bat in China, Tony. It wasn't just him. <laughs>
1: but I get what you mean.
2: What I meant by the, this match gets fucked over the most by all this year is I think that this would have easily been the best crowd reaction throughout the entire night on the show. And it, even if it went on last, even if it went on dead ass at like midnight, after midnight, like what happened to the women's triple threat last year, These fans are hyped for McIntyre right now. These fans were ready for McIntyre. These fans were willing to see, wanting to see, and would have been able to see McIntyre kick Brock's block off at WrestleMania. Instead, we have to settle for seeing it on a tape-delay WrestleMania on the WWE Network over the course of two nights instead of being able to experience that moment live and in person watching it with our friends or watching it at the at the venue if you had tickets or what have you. This is a what could have been for McIntyre and what should have been for McIntyre, and hopefully they'll have the opportunity to regain his momentum once everything's passed and we return to some semblance of life as normal. Yeah. Honorable mention to Edge, though, in terms of who this fucked the most. because Edge's return match should have been a much bigger deal than what it's going to end up being as well even if it should be a really good match with Orton under the last man standing terms alright I know you wouldn't normally miss Wrestlemania Tony and I doubt you're going to miss this year's Wrestlemania on a scale of 1 to 10 what's your excitement level at for the Mania show itself
0: um
1: if I had to rate it pre-coronavirus, I would probably say 7 out of 10, and um, that's a positive 7. I think that Edge Norton, Brock and Drew, um, Owens and Rollins have really kind of hooked me in. Everything else could be a good to a great match, um, but because of what's going on, I – You know, it's no fault of their own. I'm at like a five. I don't even anticipate watching it live. Uh, So I don't, I don't know. It's it's unfortunate. Like I said, it's, well, I don't want to say no fault of their own. Some of it is their fault. I feel like that they have, I feel they haven't handled this the best way creatively. Um, I'm aware, you know, they, they, I just feel like they didn't put forth all their effort. But again, one cannot, properly judge that because I don't know what they're going through on a day-to-day basis, how stressful this is. This is a very, very, very horrible time for a lot of people, um, both business owners and single people alike. So you can't – I mean, this is supposed to be their biggest money-making day of the year, and they're effectively losing all of that. So I want to give them a pass, but I'm if I'm looking at it from a purely creative standpoint, I just feel like a lot of wind was let off out of the sails. It just unfortunate.
2: You actually answered my next question of will you be watching both nights live already. And it's difficult to imagine at any point in our fandom that we would be like, oh, WrestleMania is on. Okay, I'll watch it later. Mm-hmm. Just the situation we find ourselves in with everything with this coronavirus, this everything being shut down, all of the opportunities that we would traditionally have. You would usually take off WrestleMania Day in order to watch the pay-per-view, would you not? I already had it in the book. I was not going to be working. <laughs> and that got changed once everything happened with the virus?
1: Well, I mean, now nobody's working, but I still have to be there. Um at the very least, to kind of monitor certain things we're, we're on a very very low staff right now with only takeout and delivery um but I still have to have i still have to have some sort of authoritative present, otherwise you know employees will sit there and do nothing well I,
2: personal tie in here you know my girlfriend lives out of state mhm she comes up on the weekends to spend see me spend time with me and we usually, before everything happened, we would go out to eat at least one night a weekend. We would order in one night. We would sometimes make stuff depending on what was going on for us and how busy our schedules were. Saturday night we went up to Bob Evans, and we got a carry out for dinner. She got a uh, she got a farmer's breakfast. And I got a steak and French fries. And we were talking to the cashier inside of the Bob Evans, and she said that currently inside of that restaurant where there would normally be 20, 25 people working on any given day, they had three people working at that particular time. A cashier, a cook, and a manager.
1: Yep, that's about how it is.
2: I will be watching WrestleMania Live. I will be watching with a couple of friends, like I usually do, though not as many as I might normally watch with under normal circumstances. But I will be watching with the group of friends that I always watch the pay-per-views with. We will be socially distanced from each other while we watch, at least a good four to five feet in between us, depending. Some of us are shorter than others. And we will try to make the best of a bad situation. Pretty much what we have to do as Americans in general, we have to make the best of a bad situation My honest hope for all of this, for everybody that gets a chance to listen to this episode, and if you do, thank you for listening. My honest hope is that listening to our WrestleMania preview, at least the discussion of the matches themselves, not necessarily the coronavirus situation and everything that we're experiencing because of of it, but the actual discussion of the matches themselves, hopefully it gives you a little bit of an escape from the day-to-day reality that we are currently facing. Hopefully... We can find solace in the world of sports entertainment, in the world of professional wrestling, call it whatever you want to. We can find solace in the opportunity to get together with friends, at least in small groups, and enjoy what is supposed to be our Super Bowl, even though it most certainly doesn't feel like it this year. Raw After Mania. should be something next week, Tony. Yeah.
1: The one Monday that is ran by the crowd will not have a crowd to be ran by. <laughs> you know what's going to happen, right?
2: The night after the, the night after SummerSlam is going to be lit as fuck.
1: Hopefully, we'll see.
2: I believe it would be lit AF, as the kids would say.
1: I'm as fuck is is much more um, welcomed in this podcast. Very well. For the
2: Down Since Day 1 co-host, Tony Acero, I'm Harry Broadhurst. Enjoy WrestleMania, everybody. Make sure you actually fucking watch it by next Monday, Tony. (laughs) I'll do what I can. (laughs) And we will catch you guys for the Raw after WrestleMania next week here on The Reaction, a presentation of The Chair Shot Radio Network, online at thechairshot.com. Thanks for listening, everybody.
1: Deuces, bitches.
2: All right, real talk, everybody. Tony's gone. He usually hangs up right after the show, and Liz would be here if she were still part of the show. Um, Her real-life duties kind of take her away right now. I'm not going to sit here and talk for too long because I know Tony's much more interesting than I am, so most of you guys probably listen to hear him talk anyway. I just wanted to say on behalf of all of us here at The Reaction, behalf of all of us here at the Chairshot Radio Network, Stay safe. Stay healthy. Follow the guidelines, people. Let's get rid of this shit before it makes life worse. We can beat this. We just have to be willing to work together to do it. And unless absolutely necessary, and I know me going to hang out with a couple of friends for WrestleMania kind of violates my own saying this, but stay at home. Let's get through this so that way we can get back to some semblance of normality and we can go back to shitting on this show on a regular basis because of the bullshit storylines instead of the bullshit situation we find ourselves in because of it. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll talk to you guys next week for the Raw after WrestleMania here on the ChairShot Radio Network.
1: TheChairShot.com. Always use your head.